Okay, wonderful. All right, I think we can get started. This is great. I'm so lucky that Alex, Xander, Christian have all joined. So you guys are uh, just pretty amazing in terms of your knowledge. I, I was speaking to, with each of you in previous conversations about the economy, uh, recession, the macro, Tesla stock split, what's going to happen to Tesla. And I just continuously learn so much from you. And I think it's uh, it's worth sharing with the broader group here, some of the insights. And of course, we can preface this by saying that no one here is um, you know, giving financial advice at all. This is just opinions by Tesla fans, but it's still interesting for us to discuss it and um, have that conversation. So thank you all for joining. So you know, let's start off with um, the economy. And there was a Fortune article that came out, I don't know, maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, that said that there's two kinds of recessions, right? There's the um, there's the end of the world kind of recession that happened in 2008 and kind of a very drastic impact in the financial market in 2018. Um, and then there's the run-of-the-mill kind of recession. And from their perspective, from their analysis, and I don't remember the actual, uh, I think it's like how much assets the average investor has in the U.S., job um job uh, percentages of jobs available that they consider this what they're seeing today is a um a run of the mill kind of inf recession the wild card is that there's runaway in inflation and we're not yet sure if the economy that that the you know the government the feds are able to rein this in or not and if they even have the tools to do that so i'd like to go through this kind of the one by one alex zander and um christian Alex, what's your thought on that? So, um, yeah, hi. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Actually, to create more confusion, my, my true name is Alexander. So, but oh, gotcha. keep, me as, keep, keep me as Alex. That's fine. Okay. That's actually how I appear everywhere. So uh, there's a lot to say about it. And I think we even need to differentiate a little bit between Europe, where I'm located, and the U.S., um, I think that the, the, the word recession is a little bit misleading because in some parts of the industry, what some call a recession may be even leading to some kind of positive development at the end of the day. Sounds strange, I know. But, and on also, you know, if you think about uh, inflation, just to be picky here, inflation is calculated in a certain way in certain countries or certain economies and and that is not one by one but at the end of the day if you look at the averages we have quite high inflation uh, everywhere and there is uh, in my point of view already a recession happening in certain parts and given the low interest rates we have there's not a lot what the banks can do right now the central banks I mean, they're obviously going to increase it, but we know that this is a bad position to be in in a recession, so they can't lower them. They, they need to increase them, them now. So I, I feel like we, we are in a in a not perfect situation, to, to, to say it mildly. Um, my experience, and, you know, I've, 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 I'm old enough to be, to, to went through a couple of recessions in my life. So 2008 or nine is not even the worst one I've seen. And what I've seen is it's usually going longer than expected. I'm, I'm, I have this positive attitude all the time, but usually it takes longer than I think. 
Um, and if I would have invested in other stocks or other assets, then, then Tesla would be worried. But but I'm not because I'm just, just very calm with my investment in Tesla because I believe it's it's exactly the right place to be in a crisis. Um, therefore, I uh, I just watch what is happening, but I'm I'm not worried. However, we're going to see all the negative negative impacts that that usually happening in 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 these times, which is, you know, increasing unemployment rates, inflation is going to increase. It's going to be tough for some people to pay their rent or the holiday or whatever. Um, the war in Ukraine is not making it better; it's making it worse. Um, so, therefore, uh, I don't think we are going to have here short a short period. It, it's probably taking a little bit longer to get to get out of that situation. Um, yeah, that's 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 my little bit okay. negative point of yeah. view here. But it sounds like you're still looking at it as a run-of-the-mill recession, but might take many months, maybe a year. Is that what I heard? Yeah, I mean that, that can easily take one or two years to get out of that in a, okay. in, a, in, a in in a way that we all say okay we are now back to to stable to a stable growth rate. So the war is going probably not going to end this year. We will see, and you know uh, obviously they are trying to fight inflation. They must fight inflation. They've been late with that, so I think there's also some some mistakes on their side here which brought us in the situation we are in. So it's not easy to solve. So if, okay. we, if, we, if we get out of this next year, then, yeah. then we can be happy. Okay, thank you, Alexander. So Xander, what's your thoughts? Is it, are we in a run-of-the-mill recession? Is, does this have a chance to become a financial collapse recession? And then how do you think that Tesla might be able to um, fare in this uh, environment? Um, you know, I'd rather have uh, Christian give us uh, some some of his knowledge and history and background, uh, and then I'll I'll follow. Okay, Christian, you're up. Oh, so thank you. Um, yeah, in general, I'm just gonna I'll do it from a very high level. And again, macroeconomics is very hard to predict. Um, you can come from it a, di- a lot of different ways, but what I think we're in, and again, this is just my best estimation. I don't think we're in an 08, 09 collapse. That in America was the big, you know, it wasn't a Great Depression like 1929, but it was definitely a very deep recession. We had very contracting GDP. I think, you know, it got very, you know, down 5%, something like that. I mean, I'm just estimating unemployment spiked. But we had a crisis of confidence with the banking system. We had leveraged loans we had insurance companies that maybe couldn't play pay like aig that had to get bailed out that it was a massive shock to the system there was you know worried about bank runs and things of that nature things that could bring the whole thing down capitalism as we know it so i don't think we're in that type of situation of course anything could happen we have a war going on like uh, the previous speaker spoke so anything can happen but my base case the most likely outcome is we have at worst, a recession, but it's not super deep. Inflation will start to come down over time as demand weakens and as supply chains get better. And I think a lot of that is already priced into the market. So you could almost look at it like two ways. Is there another leg down or are we in the bottoming phase? It's very hard to know. But basically, I think the economy is slowing, but still growing. So I don't think we're in recession right now. Maybe 
next year is a possibility. But right now, I think we're going to escape recession. Inflation will start to roll over, but the economy will grow slow, maybe one to two percent over the next couple quarters. And then how would uh, how could Tesla fare in this? Are they going to fall along with all the other stocks because it's a macro? Or are they going to be able to somehow survive this? Uh, not only survive, but actually, you know, go the opposite. Is that even possible for a stock to go opposite of what the macro might do? It, real quick, it's possible. Here's the way I would look at Tesla. So Tesla, like everything else, all growth has come down, right? Valuations got re-rated. Interest rates went up. So the discount rates on long-term, uh, long, long-duration assets like Tesla, where earnings are kind of a little bit out in the future, get reduced. And then price comes down. We're starting to see a stabilization. I think we went in the low sixes and now we've bounced up and we have a nice rally off the bottom, 20, 30%. Now, now the way I think of it is if you look at a lot of the earnings by the companies, the ones that are having the most trouble, like the Walmarts or the Targets, are the low-end consumers. The high-end consumers, like the Louis Vuittons and you know, even the Nordstroms or let's say Lululemons that reported today. Their earnings are still coming through because they have price and power and their customers are usually high income, high end uh, type people. So Tesla fits that bucket, right? Is the person that still has two, uh, you know, two jobs, they have fabulous income. Do they still want their Tesla? Absolutely. Demands off the hook. And you see through the last six months to a year, Tesla has been increasing prices without any worries for demand issues. So. Mm-hmm. I think Tesla, like the previous guest said, is extremely well positioned here, especially at this price with the price coming down, that this is a great opportunity to accumulate Tesla. And I think they were fail, fail fair very well over the next six months to a year and obviously much longer than that. Thanks, Christian. Xander. And that's why I passed the mic to Christian. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think the outlook for, um, in, in my opinion, I, I'm not as well versed as, as Christian uh, or, or Alex are, um, but um, it, it seems to me like uh, a recession was necessary. And but 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 like uh, like Christian mentioned, it's not uh, some kind of surprise like uh, a black swan type of event. Um, you, you know, you could see it coming from 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 a mile away, even though the Fed uh, tried to say that it was just transitory and and um, you know supply chain uh, caused. But uh, but we we all know that you can't you can't print that much money. But uh, so I, look looking out, I think it's been priced in. You had a you had a big correction. Is it over? Um, I don't know. It's possible that. Um, we go back up to something like 900 um, or 880 or something somewhere like that, and then you have a, a, a you know another another pull uh, down with uh, with the uh, FOMC uh, meeting uh, June 14th and 15th. So uh, those that CPI data might uh, you know there might be fear going into that. But uh, the, the second part of your question, whether Tesla can outperform, I, I, you know it really depends on on. On, on those financials, um, if if they with Shanghai shut down can can still have a strong uh, you know strong finances on the gross margin, then then the the PEs and it's just it's it's too good right it's too good of uh, of, of what's coming. So uh, looking out uh, two years, um, I think that. Uh, 
in 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 that regard, you're you're going to you know you're going to have a deep recover a, a big recovery from Tesla, and perhaps it, when when the risk is on, uh, in my opinion, where where's money going to flow? Is it going to flow to the balance sheets that have uh, cash and no debt with strong earnings, or is it going to go to uh, you know the higher risk? Uh, companies that uh, are trying to raise capital during these these tumultuous times, uh, you know, I, I think we know the answer to that. One. But thank you, Xander. So Xander and Christian, today the stock, Tesla stock rose by I think four or five percent. And then I was in a conversation with you two earlier that the non-farm payroll came out, and then there's there's going to be another version of that on Friday. Christian was saying. Can you guys explain what that is, and do you think that that's what caused the stock to go up, and what did it what did it all mean? So actually, um, it's a good point. Today was the private payrolls. It's separate. The The Labor Department non-farm payrolls will be Friday at 8.30. And that's the one that uh, most of the markets look to. So um, I don't think that that directly was for Tesla. I mean, I think it helped the market in general because job expectations were lower than expected, which we were sp speaking about before. And that just could mean, you know, anything that looks like inflation will be tempted down, whether that be, you know, wages not increasing as fast, unemployment a little lighter than normal, even if you see some unemployment kind of creeping through, job openings coming down, anything that will take the pressure off of any type of inflation is good news for the stock market. So I, I think tomorrow's number, um, they, we, we talked about Goldilocks number. If whatever they're expecting comes in maybe a little light, that would probably be a good number for the market because they would say, OK, we still have growth in jobs, but we, we're not we're not so red hot that inflation and wage inflation and people have so much money that inflation is going to be hard to bring down, um, you know, over time. So I think a, a number that is within the realm of growth, but not too fast is would be very looked upon very friendly with the market. So uh, I think today's number helped. And I also think um, just, you know, another just kind of relief rally um, just occurring in the market um, just as we've been going along um, this last bottom. So I think those combinations um, are the factors there. Thanks, Christian. Okay, so Warren and Alexander, uh, I want to know what you think are the next catalysts for Tesla stock, despite the macro that's happening despite the war. Uh, Gary Black sent out a tweet just a few hours ago saying that he thinks that um, Tesla will actually announce a talk split sometime, even as early as next week. Um, could a stock split be the thing that could, you know, serve as a catalyst, at least something, you know, what, what's your thoughts, Warren? I'm going to let Alexander go first. I'm cooking. I'm going to let Xander go first. Okay. Thanks, Alexander. Hi. Um, here I am. Yeah, I think um, Gary is definitely right in, in, in the list he's putting out there. My, my overall assumption and prediction is all the time that catalysts can help if they come in at the right moment in time. Mm. Um, what I'm trying to say here is if you just look at the, at the NASDAQ and at Tesla in the last weeks, almost months, we have had a situation Whereas the Tesla stock is moving kind of uh, exactly like the Nasdaq, so this is indication. This is an indication that macros are 
you know, the, the stronger force in the market uh, right now. Mm-hmm. We see sometimes a little bit deviations from that, today a little bit, actually too. Uh, and I think that catalysts like stock split, uh, Twitter deal is done, will be very helpful. I mean, a lot of people just are not involved here very much, but just to hear it's it's a done deal or the split is coming and it's going to be 1 to 20 or 1 to 10 or whatever uh, will help uh, a lot of people to, to gain a little bit more certainty what's coming in the future. So it will be helpful, but if macros are extremely negative exactly the same day then you are not going to to see anything you know <laughs> so that that's why i'm always very very careful with explanations why the stock moved up or down at a certain day and everybody is always asking was saying this was because of that or that news and i'm always having a big question mark behind that because i believe the the truth is usually much more complicated than that can you correct complex. me, my thinking here? Because this is my understanding. Next week, uh, Tesla might announce that there's a stock split that they want to have a vote on in the annual stockholder meeting. And they might announce the split uh, ratio. They might say 10 to 1, 5 to 1, whatever. Then on August 4th, that's when the annual stockholder meeting would be, there's a vote. And then that's when a stock split will actually be uh, official or not. And then somewhere in in the fall, that's when the actual stock split occurs. Is that if that is that my timeline correct? And then uh, during what time? What will what will happen to the stock in each of those three events next week, August fourth, and the actual event in fall? I just want to just really quick. You asked me this comment, and I'm I'm cooking, but I just want to say I'm not the right person to answer short term questions. I talk about the long term stock value. If yeah. you want to have confidence in the company as a whole and not worry about short term stuff, watch the Drew Baglino conversation from Stanford. Yeah. Anybody want to answer this question I just asked about the stock split? Is that correct? I, I, I'll give it a whirl. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, of course, long term, you know, like Warren was saying is great, but specific to your question, in the short term, do I think the stock split or the announcement of stock split will help the, 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 uh, the security Tesla? Of course. Look at Amazon, right? Amazon hasn't been doing too well. And then they've announced the 20 for one a while ago. And now it's actually going to start the split. And we've seen a nice bounce in Amazon shares. Google's going to go 20 for one July 1st. That's the record date. And then officially split July 15th. So we're still a month from that, a month and a half. You see Google stock starting to go. Now, of course, the market's going up too. But these are uh, tailwinds to the stock, you know, just kind of given that extra little boost of it's a great fundamental story. Tesla has a great story. We got the two new factories. We got Shanghai back up and going. And now we got a stock split. And now we see more earnings coming through. You know, earn, uh, Tesla's earnings are going to like triple from last year. And, you know, there's estimates into into 2023 of $20 plus. Uh, I'm, I could be conservative there. So fundamentally, the story is great. And when you put great fundamentals with then you put ancillary events like a stock split, you could definitely have a have a melt up, you know, with macro cooperating. Okay. All right. Well, let's address what Warren was saying. So um, I know that um, Xander just left. 
unfortunately. But there's there's three kinds of investors. <laughs> I think there's me and Warren are much more long term. We we just we don't really care so much what's going to happen in six months. And I'd like to hear Warren's thoughts on that. And then there is um, you, Christian. I understand you're. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you're more of a. Are you like? Would you consider yourself a day trader? Uh, and then there's 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 Xander, who's more of an options trader. And I wanted to know from each person's perspective. And then Alexander, I don't know where you stand on this. So Warren, as a long-term investor, that kind of your philosophy, how do you look at things and what kind of catalyst are you waiting for? Well, I mean, I think as a long-term investor, you don't worry about catalysts. You just look at what's happening with the company, what, what I see with the company is. Okay. They've got, uh, they last in 2021, one and a half factories delivered nearly a million cars. In 2023, there will be five factories, including the new Shanghai, running. And the four additional, you know, the, the one factory that was most of 2021 was Fremont. The other four factories are more efficient and more productive than Fremont. So I think you're looking at well over 3 million vehicles in 2023 and maybe 4 million vehicles in 2023. And then you have all the other stuff going on, like FSD beta and bot and uh, you know, is solar going to take off? You got the mega pack factory in Lathrop that's going to 10x their energy storage um, deliveries. <clears throat> There's so many good things. And then you go a little further and you've got the robo taxi factory that's factories that are going to start getting built in 2023 and, and producing vehicles in 2024. So I just see insane growth, insane margins. Um, when you talk about recession, I just wanted to come back to this question of whether we're facing a recession, what the recession is going to be like. I'm a kind of a chicken little on that stuff. I think, you know, the sky, I, I've been saying the sky is falling since 2013. Of course, I've been wrong for <laughs> nine years in a row. Um, but I think the sky might be falling and I don't think it might, it might be a lot worse than a mild recession. Mm -hmm. And if it's a bad recession or any recession, where do you want your money? Do you want your money? And let's say we have an inflationary recession. Well, you don't want to hold cash in an inflationary recession, Right. If there's inflation, cash is the worst thing you want to hold. You don't want to hold bonds that pay a low interest rate because they lose value. What's the one thing you would really want to invest in a productive asset that's growing and making profits? Right. It, I don't I don't know when the bad time is to own a productive asset that's you know, a growing productive asset that's making profits. But certainly in that scenario, what's the safest thing to invest in? Somebody that can that can go through an economic crisis and grow, which Tesla already did once. They, you know, the last two years were kind of a, an economic crisis and Tesla grew through it. So my take is Tesla has demonstrated the ability to grow through a crisis and whatever we're facing, Tesla is going to continue growing. Tesla is going to continue making profits. And I would rather have my money on that than anything else. That was my long answer to your short question. No, no, that's exactly what I was hoping for. Um, and so, Alexander, what kind of investor are you? Do you play options? Do you do margins? Do you do short term? Are you long term like Warren and me? Um, so it's probably going to me, right? Yes, so, Alexander. Uh, I started investing in Tesla in 2015 and, and stopped kind of in 2018. So uh, I added lately and I added through dips a little bit, but I think I'm, I've, I've never sold a single stock. Actually, mm -hmm. I believe I'm unable to because of that what everybody here said already because it's just a fantastic stock to be in. And, I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I don't see any reason. I mean, if 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 reasons are coming up where I'm going to be worried, and this is what I'm going to analyze every day, I certainly will reconsider. But but 
it's like Warren said. I mean, there's just nothing. I mean, it it sounds harsh, but there's not a lot to worry about Um, in terms of risks. I'm looking on risks all the time, but and I also agree. I mean, if we if we go in a recession, I want to be in a stock like Tesla. I don't want to hold cash. I don't want to have gold or whatever or Bitcoin or you name it. Uh, I rather would like to be in a productive asset like like Tesla creating cash and and profits. And as Elon said in a in a tweet, uh, I think yesterday or today, I don't know. Um, there there are going to be a lot of companies that that are going to be washed out of the industry, out of the BEV industry, simply because they, it was easy for them to get a lot of money, and and they've been burning that money ever since, uh, and. Now it's gonna be a little bit more difficult for them to 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 finance their business, and the one or the other will be washed out. That's very clear. So I'm a I'm a long term investor, uh, and that's I also agree that I'm I'm looking at catalysts here and there, but I'm not overly interested. Even if things su- surprise me, and I believe the Tesla stock is always unpredictable in the short run. That's why I'm not playing with options or anything like that. Okay, Christian, what what kind of investor do you call yourself? So I would say I'm a long-term investor, but with, with a caveat. And let mm-hmm. me let me just state that I am not an all-in Tesla investor, like maybe a Ooh. lot of. Them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, okay. You know, I'm just more. Pro- I, I I never was built that way. I built wealth <laughs> over time using different assets and different stocks and different ETFs. So, but what I'm saying is, Tesla's been very good to me, and I've done very well with the stock, and I think it's a great company. I've just never been all in on anything, which I think at, in some cases is prudent, uh, may not be um, fan friendly, but it's, it's a prudent strategy. So what I would say is, you know, Tesla in this environment is a great environment because you want companies that have pricing power in an inflationary environment. Right. Because if you don't have pricing power, inflation is going to hit your earnings, which is going to then hit your stock price. Right. So even in the short term, Tesla went down and it's a great company. You're just getting it on sale. So it's a great opportunity. So that goes to my other thing where I know we're in a high inflation um, environment, but let me give you a little different take the way I think about it. Again, might be an unpopular way of thinking about it, but but I enjoy it and it's worked out for me. Cash in an inflationary environment, you're right. In a short term, it'll lose to inflation if you need it to purchase goods. But think of it like this. If I own, I have a core position in my Tesla, I have core positions around but if I believe we're going into a major recession, the stock market's going to come down. You don't have to be Nostradamus to figure that one out. Now, it could run, and you might miss some of it, but oh well. But if you can get an asset that falls from, say, like Tesla, you can't know this, but this already happened, 1200 to 600 you're buying two shares for every one now. You're getting a 50% discount on the productive asset. But you can't buy the productive asset if you have no money. So if all your money is tied up in assets that are crashing 30 and 40 percent like Google and Apple, all these great companies, you can't take advantage of the lower prices because you're already already in in this Mm -hmm. inflationary environment. So I think it's always prudent to have a little cash or Mm -hmm. even a lot of cash on the sidelines to pick up great companies at cheaper prices. And I, I utilize that strategy. That makes sense. Okay, let me just ask a question. Um. I'll start off with something very short term and then move on to longer term. So the speakers, anybody want to answer this? What do you think is going to happen to the stock price once Q2 numbers come out? 
So this would be the first week of July, right? We should know the numbers of production. And then by the uh, third week of July, we should know the actual earnings report. I don't predict the future. <laughs> yes, you do, Joy. <laughs> You're always living in the future. <laughs> Nobody has a comment about that? I'll predict the future or try to. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, we, I think we based out at that low 600 level. We bounced off it nice. So here's just my little theory. Again, not financial advice. This is us having some fun and giving yeah, some value. To people. Exactly. I think that the market understands that Shanghai was shut down. So now we have a new expectation. Q2 with the shutdown, what does Tesla deliver? Do they come in better than what Wall Street's expectations are and or, or not, right? Do, do they earn more than what we think or not? And then the bigger thing is, once we look through that, what does Q3 and Q4 look, look like? If right. Tesla comes out and reiterates 50 to 60% growth for this year, that's amazing, right? They're going to tell investors and analysts q3 and q4 are going to be great then the stock will will look you know it's a discounting mechanism looking forward six months to a year it's going to say wow tesla hasn't missed a beat in a tough q2 they still delivered and they're guiding for great growth continued great growth just as they said before so i think as long as macro cooperates and we don't have a you know a lot of swirling headwinds that that tesla would do great in the, that environment because they are growing you can't find a mega cap growth company like Tesla at, at, at this at this at this stage in the company's existence with this kind of growth. It's unheard of that a company this big is growing 50 plus percent. So I, th I think um, upwards and onwards, as long as the guidance stays intact, which I don't believe it, it shouldn't. It, it will. OK, so next question would be, is wait, the wait, end wait, of can I add something? Yeah, please. I was going to ask you, Warren. Go I, ahead. I, think, I think a catalyst that we haven't talked about is if <clears throat> we're waiting for the 4680 Model Y to really be publicly released, right? We have 4680 Model Y hints. <clears throat> supposedly employees are taking deliveries. Supposedly some customers are being offered the opportunity to take 4680 Model Y. But when the actual details of the Austin Model Y become more clear, I think that could be a real boost to the stock. If, if people, if it turns out that the 4680 Model Y has something special about it, which I don't know what that is going to be. What, what, give me an example. Why would that be? It's only the well, people okay, like us so, who know so, anything about it care about it, right? Or so we know, recognize that, it. we know there was an EPA filing for a vehicle, uh, a standard range, effectively, Model Y all-wheel drive, right? We know that was filed. We don't really know enough about that vehicle. Is that 4680? Is that 2170? Why does it weigh so much? There's a lot of questions. So... When I guess I would say it this way, when Sandy Monroe gets a hold of one, mm -hmm. we're going to find out a lot more about that vehicle. And that might be not be for a few months um, or S Sandy Monroe or somebody else. Um, are, are there is I think that Tesla has said there's going to be a 2170 Model Y out of Texas and a 4680 Model Y. I think the big scenario is suppose they announce a 4680 Model Y that has. 380 miles of range okay. and does zero to 60 in three seconds. And they call it ludicrous model Y. Okay. Right. Suppose that's the future of model Y. And we, we, we suddenly learn that that could be a big game changer for the future of vehicles because yeah, sure. Lucid motors can go 500 miles on, on a $180,000 car or whatever. But if Tesla's delivering 380 miles of range on a car that they, they can make not sell, but make for, thirty thousand dollars 
you know, all of a sudden you start to see the future. I just don't know if it's a stock uh, catalyst because, you know, well, it doesn't no, change anything with is, demand. Suppose right? you're an investor in the, in the auto industry and you learn that this company has a game changing automobile that they're able to make for $30,000 and sell for $80,000 and they can make a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the, the, the point is that, you know, they, they can make a profit on this thing at $50,000, but they're selling it for 80,000. I'm just making up numbers, but you can see where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. And if they're going to be able to ramp this thing and, you know, by the end of next year or by the, you know, by, by middle of next year, they're selling, they're making a ridiculous number of them. You do the math and you say, wait a minute, how much profit are they going to make on this thing? And you realize, wait a minute, this is a very profitable vehicle that I think that's a, if you're thinking about the company long term and you're investing now, you might see that and say, wait a minute, I start to, you know, the question is, when does when does Wall Street and institutional investors start to see that Tesla's a real game changer? And I don't think they see the full extent of the game change yet. And that's the kind of thing that changes the game. And do you have a prediction of what you think is going to happen by the end of the year? Stock. Well, yeah, no, I mean, no, in terms of stock price, no, I don't make short-term stock price predictions. You still consider seven months short-term? <laughs> yes, I consider okay. one, I consider two years short-term. Okay. <laughs> Alexander, how about you? Are you willing to take a gamble on what you think is going to happen by the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, as I said, I'm a long-term investor, so usually I'm not looking that much into into next quarter, but, but here's my take. Uh, I believe there's a lot of negativity priced in already in the stock. And macro is waiting on it heavily, too. Uh, I believe everybody's talking about shutdowns in Shanghai. Most probably don't even realize that they are in production again and, and that they are ramping. So I think there is. it's very hard to say if, if there's going to be positive or negative surprise. I mean, we all know that numbers are probably not, not fantastic. Mm-hmm. Q2, right? So for all the reasons discussed. But, um, you know, we are early June and and Tesla has done miracles before. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they are pulling their legs out right now to to really do a fantastic June, which can mitigate a little bit the negative results of the last month in terms of output and obviously also financials. Um, So we may be in, if things go very well for a, surprise against the negativity in the market that that could happen and i believe if you look at the you know do a little bit technical analysis too in terms of the chart and yes we had a nice rally now up to almost 800 um but there is space to run to 900 920 950 something like that easily so i I think there is um there's an upside opportunity here um, to break higher, so it's a, a lot needs to happen, I believe, on top of that. But we have catalysts, and we discuss that next week and, you know, the month after, and you name it. So um, on the negative side, if, if Tesla is really surprising on the negative, um, th- th- that can happen too, but I believe most investors are looking already at Q3. Uh, right. The big unknown in the market is always the big guys. I mean, we all know that the retail investors uh, just not moving the stock, right? So other people are behind the scenes. Uh, you yeah, know, I saw a statistic that said that retail investors is 
and yeah, institutional is eighty five percent. So it's, and uh, we and we we tend to forget that very easily. So, and that's why I'm not short term acting in in Tesla because <laughs> if they decide stock needs to go down five or ten percent for option reasons, they will make that happen. I'm quite confident about that. So therefore, mm-hmm. you, you never know what's happening short term. And that's why I'm a long term investor, because I know what's going, I believe to know what's going to happen long term. Right. Gail, you had your hand up. Did you want to jump in here? Yeah, um, I really love everyone's everyone's uh, contributions to this conversation. And thank you for letting me just a couple of things that I think will um, mm-hmm. affect the value of Tesla because I think it's really a bargain right now at a very low price. But I do think that um, like reading the 2021 impact report, like it started off talking about ESGs, um, which Tesla has been, you know, done really done wrong on the ESG list. Um, so I think like they're going to, I think that things can change since it's being something that's being approached as the top top thing on the first slide of the impact report two i think tesla is doing something that you know i didn't expect them to to create a legal department which Mm -hmm. is going to be aggressive and going to have you know top dog out for blood lawyers so i see this as something that can really change Hmm. um the face of how the public sees tesla because when tesla is attacked don't yeah, you think it will go backwards or a good backfire? Uh, I no, no. I okay. I expect good things to happen. Tesla has you know been just you know just real gentle and kind and not really done too much because of all these these terrible lies and attacks in the mainstream media. And then when they put together like a really badass legal team, I honestly think things will change. That the public's perception of Elon and his companies is going to be better. I think it's going to be much, much better. I don't think it'll backfire. What What do you think? Well, I, I just I just reacted when you said that uh, you know having a legal department is actually going to change the sentiment of the culture, uh, you know, the community versus it could definitely when you when you have an attack dog, it could go backward. That's all. Yeah, I'm so happy that the Tesla's doing it. I yeah. think it's it's necessary. There's been a lot of misinformation, a lot of huge segments of people, you know, are anti-Tesla. And we really can't have that if we want to have accelerate this transition to to all electric vehicles. You know, you you really have to attack it. And it's it's incredible that Tesla's doing that. And then, you know, again, like I said, the ESGs, I think pretty much Christian and, you know, Warren and Alex, like everybody like will probably agree that this they need to be redefined and you know, Tesla shouldn't be kicked off an ESG list and then put Exxon on, you know, that's that kind of thing I think is going to have to end. Joy, uh, what, what do you think is happening with the sentiment on Elon? And do you think that it's improved in any way because of his recent tweets about, you know, voting moderate? Well, I think um, he's just, he continues to polarize people. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> those of us that love him will love him even more. And those of those that hate him will hate him even more. Um, I didn't agree with him um, actually putting his political 
you know,、mm-hmm. stands on out in the public because that is super polarizing.、Mm-hmm. Um, but he did, so I don't know. But I, I at the same time, I do see、um, people that in that before weren't really they didn't really care much about Elon.、Um, Are now supporting him, so that's、mm. one、okay. one thing that I'm seeing in my circle that people are starting to mention. You know what he's done, what he said, and you know, especially with the freedom of speech and all that stuff. And people are actually, to my surprise, I'm like, wow, you never said anything about Elon Musk before.、Um, now you're like, yeah, you know, he's fighting for freedom of speech, and now people are are having a positive. Um, view of him, but that's from my circle. So, thanks, Joy. Any of the speakers? Do you think that、um, the sentiment on Elon is it affecting the stock, short term and long term? Sure,、um, I think that long term, no.、Uh, short term, I think if you look at it from a demand side, are there some Democrats who are going to stop buying Teslas? Sure, I think it's a very small number.、Um, I think Joy is correct. I'm seeing the same thing that. Okay, you lose a few Democrats, you probably pick up more Republicans. I think most people who are, you know, identify as Democrat, for lack of a better term, I think they they probably don't like seeing that, but they don't care that much. They're not so hardwired. It's, there's like a really vocal few that try to make a bigger deal out of it than it is. And you know, I think I actually think just politically, just if I can just go politically for a second, I'm I'm, I'm neither I'm registered Democrat, but I'm really neither Democrat nor Republican. I'm a Libertarian. Um, I think that it's a really bad strategy for the Democrats to attack someone who's popular in Democratic circles because you may score some points with some of your base, but you risk losing some of your voters who like Elon.、Um, you know, you'll some of the some maybe you'll turn some of those people against Elon, but maybe you'll turn some of those people against you. I just don't see the gain in this strategy for the Democrats. But you know, short term, I, I, I don't make short term stock price predictions.、Right. Term shouldn't matter a whole lot. <laughs> Anybody、yeah. else in the panel here? Comments, Ash. Well, I was gonna say honestly, I stopped respecting Bernie Sanders as soon as he started hating on Elon, and then I actually looked into like the negative parts of Bernie Sanders, and I was like,、oh, I'm taking this Bernie magnet off my door.、Mm. Okay. Yes, this is Alex. So a little bit less drama would be helpful, I think, if you just look at the stock. On the other side of the coin. Elon is Elon, and we can't change him anyway, right? So he wants to. He's a human, and he will speak his heart. And I think this is what's happening here. So it, at the end of the day, it actually can even turn positive for the stock, because he always said he's more centric. And as a European, if I look at the U.S., you know, in terms of politics. I like parts of the Democrats and I like parts of the, you know, Republicans. So,、uh, and I believe this Elon's probably a little bit the same from South Africa. He has sympathies here and there, and for the stock and for the recognition of Tesla as a company and for Elon to be seen as someone who's voting right and left from time to time is probably not the, the worst story. That can happen compared to having Elon someone more on the left side, more on the democratic side all the time. So that's just my thinking. Also, like to add a little bit that I agree. I think it's a good thing that they have soon, hopefully, a 
a legal team that is fighting hard. We've seen in China that the negative sentiment against Tesla turned in the other direction very quickly after they've been starting to fight against it. So I'm, I'm not in favor of advertising, PR, or marketing, but I believe having a strong legal team that, uh, that is fighting for the right thing can be, can be very helpful for the company and for the stock long term. What about the uh, recent position by Elon on the work from home? Is that good for the stock? Is that good for the business? What do you guys think, speakers? I don't think it's significant. Interesting. Uh, um, oh, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Christian. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just going to say real quick to that, in the medium term to, to the longer term, I think um, it's going to come down to execution, the innovation of Tesla, the cash flows, the profits that will determine where Tesla stock goes in the future. And the PR is a short term, you know, up and down, uh, but negligible in the medium to long term. As far as um, the decision about Elon, um, I like it. You know, it, it, there's a lot of people probably thinking it, but very few people uh, that, that actually are willing to say it because of the blowback. And what Elon's trying to say is for his company, this is the, the way we do it. He believes that being in the workplace, having your workers see the executives being around, you know, helping out with issues, builds camaraderie and probably is efficient and helps make the company better. And if you don't want to be a part of that, um, you know, maybe this isn't the right place for you. Now, I said it a little bit more gent gentler, and I think he followed up with an email explaining what he was trying to mean. So I love it. And I think uh, any Wall Street person would love hearing a boss saying, hey, we need to execute. And when we're on the job, it's about getting the job done, not about all these ancillary things or work from home or do this or do that. Like we got a job to do and we need to do it. And we need to get serious now. COVID's over and we need to get back to business. I, I love the move by Elon. Yeah, I agree with Christian on that. I think it will um, improve morale. I think it will be more inspirational. The company can achieve more in a in a shorter amount of time, accelerate faster. And my profile picture is a Austin made Model Y, which I just saw today. Um, and I also just want to share with everybody a, a video that I took of another Austin Model Y that's blue that's just I just saw like a whole parking lot full of them up close and you guys these cars are just absolutely stunning they're that's gorgeous. a new blue that's a new blue the new colors I thought that was only your yes yeah okay. so on my Twitter um there's a blue a, a very short 10 second video of a blue Model Y that I just took and the red is also just I haven't tweeted a picture of the red one but it's just absolutely sparkling and beautiful so i love these cars here in austin and i hope that that um you know that that they can just only get better and better but they're beautiful gail do you do you know anybody who has one um no listening who's was offered one um but he wanted a seven seater from fremont and they don't offer that in austin but warren believe me as soon as as soon as I, you know, get a chance to give more details, I will. I mean, I've walked up to them and they're just, they're gorgeous. And I hope, hopefully soon I can, 
you know, meet somebody who has one. But so far, no. So this work from home topic again, I um, I'm really happy that he was very definitive about it, very clear um, of what his opinion is. I think that that's amazing for a business leader. Um, you know, the question I have to ask, though, is they, they had record numbers in the last two years when they had COVID work from home. Um, you know, so I, I'm glad that he's still doing this. And that's fine. I just curious that what might have happened for him to, you know, really seem very angry about it or very, very, maybe I'm wrong, but he seems so strict about it. I think that um, the company has ways of measuring productivity of employees. Mm. And I think a lot of companies have noticed that employees who work from different companies have different experiences, but I think employees who work for home from home tend to have lower productivity than employees who work in the office. And I'm sure there's people going to argue with that, but my guess is that internally Tesla's done their own measurement and they've determined that that needs to be done. And I think he said, if there's a specific reason why somebody needs to work from home, let me know. But otherwise people need to be in the office. But that this, you know, they're measure they measure shit. Tesla measures everything. They do. They do, yeah. Yeah, and oh, I also think uh, yeah. another factor yeah. is they are a manufacturing company. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're, you know, a software company, fine. But they do have workers that are there physically at the factory. Um, so the the senior executives need to set an example so that the workers are not saying, hey, you know, well, we're out here laboring away and, you know, all you office people are are in your comfortable home. Um, and, you know, what if there's something that happens at, on the factory floor that needs attention right away? Will this person have to, like, come out here? Or is this person in the office upstairs that, that can come down right away and solve this? So I think it's um, the nature of the... Um, of Tesla uh, and SpaceX, right? They, they make things so that it's important for uh, for them to be in the office. And also I'm an executive recruiter yeah. and I am working um, uh, with a client right now who is in technology and they manufacture um, smart home devices and they do have, um, and I do technical um, searches for them and two assignments that I've been working on for the last five months. Mm. They require the person to relocate to mm. their headquarter, which is not in a metro, a big a major <laughs> metropolitan area. And it's mm. been so hard because everyone's like, you know, mm. I want to remote or at least I'll just go in once a week or twice a week. But my clients like, no, this is management senior level. And we want managers to be in the office so that this person can mentor, can guide, can uh, work with the team. So I think it's, you know, that that's that's part of the, the, the factor as well. Okay, great point, Joy. So adding, adding my speculation here, I'm not sure if you guys have seen that Elon was tweeting about the uh, headquarter of Twitter as a homeless shelter. Yes. Um, so this may have had an impact because he finally figured out that number one, no, nobody is here. Mm. Number two, uh, the company is a mess. So that's at least what I'm reading in between the lines from from that's Elon about Twitter, and that has that may have started a thought process on his side in terms of what he wants to happen with with all his companies. And uh, you know, I've been working most of my life. Um, 
from from home and i enjoyed it but i believe it has pros and cons and uh, actually i i consider tesla more a software company than a hardware company to be honest but i know also that the people are working directly at the line so they're sitting there and coding at the line can you imagine that i mean it's crazy and you will have some software guys or executives who are saying okay that's not for me but it's it's a good thing that that elon is very very clear about it because this is actually something that that you know i think employees are expecting a clear guidance even if they may not like it they they're going to adjust and adapt or they're going to leave that's fine but i don't i don't i think it's a good thing that he's very very strict on on his politics in that regard thanks alexander okay so brandon i've asked you to come become a speaker please come up so let me explain uh, summarize what i heard today and tell me if i'm wrong in this thinking okay the economy is in a recession it's likely going to be that in the next 6 months to even year or even longer it has a chance to go down se- severely tesla however is well positioned um, as a company we all agree what are the kinds of things uh, that could have a catalyst for Tesla to stock? Well, there's a stock split. So that's happening. I think we all agree that that could be a catalyst. The other things I'm thinking about could be um, Cybertruck and Semi. But we already know that Cybertruck's not going to happen until next year or even late next year. Semi's not going to happen this year. Un- unless there's a surprise on Semi, then that may be a catalyst other than that, the two, the other thing is, you know, FSD, the, the, the Tesla bot. But even then, I think that if there's an amazing, surprisingly wonderful demo bot by June or by August, I still don't think that's going to impact the stock. So the one thing that I think that could be a catalyst is FSD going wide release. So first, am I right in my thinking? And two, I'd like to ask Joy and Brandon and others, what is the chance that FSD is going to go wide release? Um, I'll just say really quickly that I don't think Wall Street gets FSD. I don't think they understand. So I don't think that that it, you know, it releases a little bit of of, uh, accounting, you know, money. Oh, you said it's not enough money, even if you can now account for that revenue? No, but we already have the cash. It's just acknowledging the revenue. Yeah, accounting Um, for the revenue. But but it doesn't, you know, I don't think it's it's a major impact going forward. And then the other issue is Wall Street doesn't get why FSD matters. Until until they deliver a robo a self a, a self a robo taxi, Wall Street's not going to get it. They don't, they they they're not going to see. Um, you know, if they raise the price of FSD and the take rate goes up, that that has an impact. Uh, if they, if the take rate goes up, period, that has an impact. Um, but if they raise if they raise the price of FSD to twenty thousand dollars and the take rate goes up to fifty percent, well, you know, now you're starting to see something significant. But if it's just um, we went to wide release and the people who already bought it have it. If it doesn't affect take rate or, or FSD price, I don't see it being a big deal. Okay. That's a million users by the end of the year. Uh, anybody else? So it's Joy, Brandon, Christian. Yep. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, I agree with uh, your summation there, but I would just add one caveat. Yeah. AI, AI day two in August, if they show something, and this is a big if, but if they show something, Wall Street or analysts or investors in general could see it. And it does like some amazing thing, even though revenue might not be derived right there, that could get a lot of excitement mm-hmm. and people would wake up and say, whoa, what did I just see? Tesla's going to do that. And I know in a couple of years what that is going to look like, you might see a nice pop in the stock because mm-hmm. if they put something incredible that Wall Street can see 
and 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 you know that can be delivered even if it takes a couple of years that could definitely get you know the innovation and tesla as this super company doing amazing things back on the table just my sorry opinion. sorry Christian. i've got this i think you're going to be that's very doubtful i've i've seen too many of these wonderful presentations and the stock does boo even though i'm just going through the wall yeah battery day was like momentous and wall street didn't get it uh, yeah or yeah, uh, well it's too technical same, Dojo, right? It's too technical and it's too far away. People need to see something near term, like in the next six months, then that's going to excite the market. But um, I I want to circle back and I I agree with Warren that uh, with FSC going white release, it's not going Mm -hmm. to make uh, much impact. Um, I use the stats app and uh, it tracks uh, FSD and non-FSD software installs. And um, FSD is only like 13% out of the whole um, ownership. So it's it's not enough to make an impact. Brandon, you're the optimist of FSD. Please <laughs> say something. Well, um, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's so hard because like when Tesla always announces something, we, you know, us as owners and investors, we get it. But like the market doesn't understand it. And, you know, if you look at it kind of like, how apple does apple will announce something and it's like oh you can order starting friday and it's coming out like next week you know Mm -hmm. tesla's like oh it's going to be coming out in six months and it comes out in three years and Mm -hmm. you know i think that's why it always tanks like it does and if if elon can come on stage and say okay we're our 4680s are ready and you can order today the stock will go up but I, you know, it, I guess it really just, it really depends on what they announce coming, you know, on AI day, if it's going to be another recruiting event or, or what, I guess we're going to have to see, but, you know, FSD beta is, it's, this release has been pretty good for me. So, um, more people that use it, the better it's going to, going to be. Yeah. You're saying it right there. It, these, the purpose of those events are to recruit. It's not to make the analysts uh, be able to model out uh, something that can move the stock price. It's just financially speaking, uh, if you can't see how it's going to impact the, the P&L statement, you're, 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 you're going to discount it. Yeah, I may, I may be the minority here, though, but on the initial AID, that was for recruitment. I think one of his tweets when he tweeted out the the date for the AI day too. And again, I can be completely wrong. I hope I'm uh, we're all surprised to the upside. He said he would actually demonstrate something. So mm-hmm. again, Wall Street might say, "Oh wow, we got a robot doing some cool things over here." We don't care. That is absolutely possibility. But just be open to the to the possibility that maybe some investors and, and they get excited if they really see something that blows their mind and they could see it. Again, a big if, but but just I would say be open to that possibility. Don't don't just think it's another snoozer. I don't know. We'll see. I'm thinking it's going to be FSD beta is going to start wide release. I'm thinking that's probably what it's going to be. You know, just seeing the progression of how rapidly this release has improved on my vehicle, like it's given me hope. Like, okay, this is actually this could actually happen a lot sooner than later now. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, get some audience questions in place. So let's go ahead and have Ian, do you want to ask a question? I'm going to add you as a speaker. Just quick questions, and then we'll go one person at a time. Hey, Ian. 
Ian? Hi. I just um, was interested to ask Christian uh, whether or not he thinks the uh, the supply... Chester will have to in- increase its prices due to supply chain constrictions and uh, the oil price going up and how that might affect Q4. Um, yeah, could you, I didn't quite catch that all. Could you just repeat that real fast? Do you think the, uh, the with the oil price being so high um, and the ongoing costs coming to supply chains, do you think that will affect, um, say, Q4 figures? But obviously, the the other side of the coin is the the oil price going up. It's going to bring more people to, to want to buy Teslas. Yeah, good question. Um, so what I would say is. For, for Tesla, they've managed the supply chain through this past year, year and a half, amazingly. I don't think it's going to be a major impact, to be honest, but I do think margins will come down a little bit because of the uh, Shanghai shutdown and the two new factories ramping. But I don't think it'll be a significant decrease. And uh, I think by Q4... As Shanghai is backed up ramping and, and Austin and Berlin are now really starting to kind of find their groove, I think margins will get back up to where they are and into that. But so, yeah, I'm not concerned, Q4, that oil will have any impact. Thanks, Christian. Uh, Tessa uh, Zook. Oh, go ahead, Xander. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I thought I heard him ask about like the prices of, of the vehicles. Uh, I thought he mentioned that. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's something that Zach. Uh, talked about that that they were forward looking on the last earnings call that they were forward looking and they priced ahead of uh, or they increased prices ahead of uh, you know the supply chain uh, shortages and, and impact thanks guys Tesla Zook do you want to ask a question yeah uh, uh, I, I guess in the recent past I, I drive a Model X and I had my both doors up and this 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 person just walked by my car and he said, "Your your doors are up. It's a cool car, but don't give money to Tesla. <laughs> Elon Musk will buy Twitter, and we don't like that. So mm-hmm. when we have crowd like this in the society, what do you expect? <laughs> I, I would say no matter what we do, I don't know how the stock would impact because you have investors like this thinking like this. Uh, it's it's not in proportion to the progression, is what I feel." Yeah. Anybody want to ask answer that question? Unfortunately, Warren went down back to the listener. Um, and this is where I kind of disagreed with him. I do I do think that there is long-term impact to the sentiment against Elon. People, it, their moral compass is being threatened and they are making decisions regardless. Uh, I'm no longer ever going to buy anything from Tesla because of my feeling for Elon. And I get a lot of people don't make decisions financially that way. But there are also a good size group who do, and they, regardless of a potential gain, they won't. So, uh, Herbert, you know, I, I I strongly disagree with that sentiment because at the end of the day, we're talking about money, and, <laughs> you're, and you're talking about uh, uh, the company growing and and gross profits. So if 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 just like with the uh, the the sentiment of oh, you need to come back to work, you don't want to you know pr- pretend to work go pretend to work somewhere else that's the same exact sentiment as if you're if you're not 
uh, with it, just you know, go, go somewhere else. If you don't want to buy the car, don't buy the car. There's there's going to be enough demand, right? We're at the very very early innings, and long term, it's just noise. Yeah, real quick, I agree with Xander. I I, I hear what you're saying, but. Um, long-term great products went out, uh, Elon buying Twitter. Most consumers don't even care about that, even though it's going on to be honest, right? It's a few people here and there that make a big deal of it, but I would say 80 to 90% of people don't care if their friend has a Tesla and they get in it and they drive it, they're going to want one and they're going to buy it. And they're not going to worry about if Tesla's, uh, if Elon buying Twitter, great products, long-term went out and, and Tesla will win out. That's my opinion. All right. Chad bot, you want to ask a question? Did anyone see that Drew Baglino talk the other day? He mm -hmm. basically laid out um, how lithium is the limit, limiting factor for for big increases in volume. Uh, any ideas on on what Tesla's lithium strategy might be? Yeah, I saw the talk. Um, didn't uh, didn't uh, they lay lay out the uh, lithium strategy at battery uh, at battery day? Um, well, not, not, not in a uh, tangible way. They, they said, uh, they have some ideas how to get, how to get it out of the lithium clay, but, uh, it's, it's a little more complicated than that. There's, there's a huge amount of permitting that needs to be done. Um, th they didn't really talk about the technology at all. It's, uh, completely unproven and, uh, at scale. Um, and Baglino himself in that recent talk basically said it takes two and a half years to make a battery factory takes like last last lithium uh, uh, mine in yeah. Nevada was eight and and you know it's it's gonna be at least five so a decade to, to get permitting uh, last time Ash um, can you answer this question I know between you and Kristen you guys are pretty well the experts in batteries. Like Ash? Oh, there I'm sorry, you. what was the question? <laughs> oh, no. Chadbot, do you want to just ask again? Yeah, I was just a bit, based on what Drew said the other day, Drew Baglino, um, how he, he thought the, the key challenging challenge to scaling wasn't, wasn't really in the factories at this point. It's really in raw materials and uh, how they're going to get enough bat battery quality lithium uh, out of the ground and, and refined and... Uh, any ideas on what Tesla might do there? Because they they haven't bought any of the any sort of of the uh, lithium miners that you that you might think someone in their position would do to secure supply. I think their view has always been we're not going to really do anything with the guys who are producing it. We're going to try to do deals with juniors to help them raise money. We want more lithium, not necessarily more control over over what's already being going to be mined. Um, but that hasn't really spurred enough capital and, and because of the time lag, uh, to get a mine, uh, permitted and then, uh, qualified, um, I, they have something up their sleeve. I just wondering mm -hmm. if anyone knew what it was. Thanks. Yeah, I, I don't think there is a common consensus of what they're planning on doing there. I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, it doesn't doesn't seem like they are trying to go down the route of becoming a miner, but it also wouldn't surprise me. David, did you have a question? 
Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking my question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of talk lately about the, um, you know, raw materials for batteries being one of the biggest constraints. Um, but, you know, as we've seen in the past few quarters, um, semiconductor shortages have been um, maybe number two in, as far as my estimation goes. Elon mentioned, I think, in a couple of earnings calls uh, prior that there's a bunch of capacity coming online. And, you know, I always wondered why Tesla just didn't buy a chip fab and sort of remove that constraint. So I was just curious if anyone is aware of, you know, this capacity that's coming online and has, has anyone else considered like, you know, should Tesla buy a chip fab? Ash. Right up your alley. Uh, <laughs> Listen. Uh, I, I, I think they do actually um, do a lot of chip fabrication. Uh, SpaceX also does as well uh, as far as like building out large, motherboards um i know that uh when when elon's companies are faced with with an issue uh of something that doesn't exist they go out and make it um so i and i don't know exactly where the fsd chip is made but isn't it also made in-house like isn't it isn't it produced um you Mm -hmm. know within their own factories Thanks, so I, I'm not entirely sure where the the chip shortage might be. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like the um, uh, the MC the MCU, like the heads up display, uh, those like the the Atom processor or now the Ryzen processor. Uh, any chips that go along with that, or um, there's there's a few uh, a few boards for um, various components around the car, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure where all those are coming from, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're making most of it in house. I think they're designed uh, in-house, but I think they're, you know, made, uh, they're, sub, they're subcontracted out in terms of actual fabrication. That's my understanding. Yeah, I want to say Samsung was doing FSD chips, the computer chips, too. Exactly. I wanted to say the same thing. So it was Samsung, and uh, Tesla was making the design, and they're probably right now already in design phase number two or even number three. In terms of um, chip, I mean that that's that's a long, long story. There's a lot to say about <laughs> chips, and I don't think we should go down that rabbit hole here. But the short version is that um, if we listen to CEOs in the automotive industry, most are saying they already sent some relief lately, so they are hoping that it's gonna go better in the second half and definitely next year. And we all know that Tesla is much more flexible in terms of repurposing chips uh, and and making sure they have no bottleneck there. Probably this is going to continue for a while, but to produce your own chips, you, you we talk decades here in terms of setting up a supply chain and 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 digging into that that industry, which is a is a highly specialized industry, so I would not recommend Tesla going in there. And the same is actually true for uh, for mining. Uh, it sounds like logic to you know just buy a mine and and do the job, but I believe that's way more complicated and and challenging than most of us can imagine. So, um, and in terms of lithium, um, Tesla is talking about that issue since battery day, and I had the luxury to sit there and listen to them. And I would be extremely, extremely surprised 
if they just talk all the time and not tackle the issue. So we know that Tesla is not disclosing what they are doing behind the scenes in terms of raw materials. Uh, we have some indications from the from the impact report, uh, but in terms of if they buy a mine or if they continue to purchase, uh, we, we don't have that visibility. But what we know is from Drew and from Zach is that their forward-looking plan and strategy in terms of raw material has worked out in the past pretty nicely. So I would be surprised if they are not taking care of that in a proper way. All right, guys. So uh, a reminder to everybody in the audience that if you're enjoying the conversation, please follow the speakers. We're very lucky today. We got some very intelligent conversation going on. Uh, Daniel, did you have a question? I was actually just going to, I originally put up my hand when they were still talking about uh, sort of the the social change of how people are viewing Elon Musk and how mm-hmm. it might affect the, the long-term plans of the company. I was just going to point out the example of Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people were around in the 90s, they would remember there was a very long period of people really hating on Bill Gates and the way he was treating employees and his companies. And it didn't affect Microsoft sales at all in, in the mm-hmm. long run. And uh, I think even Bill Gates is probably going through that again. And mm-hmm. I don't see Microsoft sales declining uh, in any significant manner because of it. And I would assume it's the same for Tesla and uh, SpaceX. Yeah, it's, it's... Yes, I think uh, <laughs> I think you guys are convincing me, but I'm still kind of uh, thinking there might be a difference here. Uh, he's, he's very in these. Bill Gates never got into politics. He doesn't own Twitter. He's not as polarizing. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I, was, I was around in the 90s. I remember how I was polarizing there. he was. <laughs> I was there. Okay. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, okay. So I don't know how you name, say your name. Shasal Tao. Jordan? Um, is it working? Just to make sure it's thing working. Yes, it is. I can hear if you. If you're actually asking about the chip thing, why are they not making... Yeah, so... Oh, sorry, my audio thing. I thought you'd say it again. No, I can hear you. Go ahead. Keep, keep yeah, ask, ask a question. What's that? No? Yeah, the, mainly the reason they don't make more chip and why they're currently remaking chip, you need a certain liquid that actually costs silicone. Silicone actually mm-hmm. quite common in the universe, but on planet, it's somewhat limited. Mm-hmm. You said silicone is limited? Well, yes and no. In beige, it's actually quite common. Actually, the second comet liquid of the whole universe. But the planet, when it comes to planet, mostly gets sucked in the ground. So if you want a good shook of it, you got to, like, move mountains, actually. Mm-hmm. In, like, any, like, removing a building on land, at bit, you can get maybe 10 or 15 gallons of dust. And most mo- ships use them because they have a dreamly high, like, heat pressure. Okay, if you don't know, what try to look better in the cold and really, and they lose energy much quickly in the heat. So if you have something that can easily take the heat, that can hold like a ridiculous amount of energy for battery, for chips, for basically nearly anything. But gotcha. the problem is, it might easier to remake them or like to repurpose them to remake them because in planets or not on planet in asteroids, it's if they come, but when they come on a planet, they come more compressed into resources and less in their liquid form. 
to get them the liquid for you quite literally had to like go through a plot that you chuck goop of a chuck of the earth and like take all mm-hmm. the silicone liquid from the soil. It kind of like how robot and AI look better in the code when they're using like such a processor, but if you put them in the dinner, they, la- they won't let a leak. And also, like, as somebody that lives in Louisiana, it would be a pretty good idea that if they sell more such things in the electronic car. Because, like, in Louisiana, we have a lot of oil, but no one uses it. Like, most people in Louisiana use Tesla electric stuff, mostly because, yes, gas is quite okay. common. It's cheap you... out here. As soon as the you... flood happened, that gas is basically useless as soon as the water hits Go the ahead car. And, uh, close it up. Jordan, yeah, sorry. With, yeah, that's okay. No, that's very inf- informative. Thank you for that. Yeah. So if I t- sorry about that. Okay, Roman, we're gonna have one more last question here. Roman. Yeah. Thanks. Um, and now I, I wanted to kind of get a, an idea of what's the consensus on the recent work from work statements by Elon, because. Yeah. Uh, I've been thinking, you know, that um, Tesla is a car company, but also it's a technology company. And I know that technology workers have recent, well, you know, last couple of years really changed the uh, the attitude towards working from home. And I'm wondering and actually concerned that maybe this is going to cause attrition and it's going to further, you know, impact software uh, delivery for Tesla. Yeah, th- that question was addressed earlier. We had a pretty long conversation about it. You should just do the recording and go back. Xander, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, like they, they don't have a software uh, issue. And uh, so r- really it's it's the hardware and, and scaling. That's that's the, 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 the real hard part for them. Um, when, when you're the best, uh, you'll attract talent no matter what um so no one's gonna like the 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 employee does not get to dictate the terms um that that'll that'll never happen when it comes to being on the cutting edge of tech and if you're trying to build ai and you're and you want to be a part of that um you you know that that reality is you're going to have to play by tesla's rules Thanks, Sander. Sorry, Roman. I think we're going to close down the room now. Thank you, everybody. And thank you to all the speakers. Appreciate it. Every Tuesdays and Thursdays, three o'clock. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Thanks, Robert. Great job. Thank you.